sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And just like that, we're back. Both for Major League Baseball returning from the All-Star break in the second half of the MLB regular season starting today. And for us here live on the morning after on SportsGrid on this Thursday in Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. So Major League Baseball's All-Star break was really short-lived. The only full off day we had from any sort of baseball action was yesterday. Of course, the games finished up on Sunday evening. We had the home run derby on Monday at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. The Midsummer Classic, the All-Star Game on Tuesday night out in LA, the first time Dodger Stadium hosted an All-Star Game in more than four decades. One full off day yesterday. Hope you enjoyed it. Now we are back. The second half of the Major League Baseball regular season begins today. Although it is technically the start of the second half, we are well past the midway point of games played in the daily grind of the 162 in a Major League Baseball season. Most teams around the league have played anywhere from 90 to 93 games just about as we stand right now. So we will use this time to reset and set up the stage for the second half of this Major League Baseball season. And what a start we have on this Thursday eight teams in action six games in total two doubleheaders including between the two favorites to win the American League pennant that would be the Yankees and the Astros a doubleheader today and only today in Houston between the pinstripes and the Strohs and for that first game of this doubleheader the Yankees have yet to name a starting pitcher it will be Christian Javier on the other side for Houston and maybe because of that the Astros booked as a favorite for this game minus 120 on the money line if that holds this will only be the sixth time now in 93 games for the yankees they have been booked as an underdog just five times in that opening half of the major league baseball season five times in 92 games but technically the yankees are baseball's best team as an underdog four in one straight up this year by the way the astros booked as a favorite in 76 of 91 games so far they have played each other now five times this season as well the Yankees have been a favorite in all five of those matchups yet the Strohs have won three of the five and only one game of those over so far based on the totals two though over this total that we have today between the Astros and the Yankees up from seven and a half yesterday now at eight as things stand so again the two betting favorites to win the American League pennant face off today to start the second half of the Major League Baseball season. And it's relatively short between both the Yanks and the Astros right now. New York is the favorite with baseball's best record at plus 140 to win the AL pennant. The Houston Astros only 60 cents behind, though, at plus 200. And then it's a seven and a half dollar drop off to where Toronto finds itself with the third best odds to win the American League pennant as of right now and an even greater drop off to the White Sox and the Mariners 
at 15 to 1. We will set the stage continuously on this Thursday as we get ready for a new Major League Baseball season. But it's not just the doubleheader between the Yankees and the Strohs. We have a doubleheader between Oakland and Detroit as well. It's a pretty big game at Dodger Stadium where the All-Star festivities took place all week in Los Angeles that we'll get to a preview in just a second. But first, we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here the opening hour of TMA on this Thursday as the second half of the MLB campaign begins. I am Ben Stevens. You are listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. One of baseball's oldest rivalries is renewed today in Los Angeles between the Dodgers and the Giants. We know the starter for San Francisco. That's Carlos Rodon. The starter for Los Angeles, not so sure as of yet, yet to be named by Dave Roberts, the skipper for Los Angeles. And we have seen some movement on that line. The Dodgers were a minus 166 favorite when this line opened up yesterday afternoon. Now down to minus 144 or so on the FanDuel Sportsbook because of Rodon getting the start for San Francisco. Only have met five times in the first half of the season. The Giants and the Dodgers. One series in May, just a two-game set. And then once in June, and depending on where these games were played between the Giants and the Dodgers, that was the result. The two games in L.A. so far in May, the Dodgers won both rather comfortably. The three games up in the Bay in San Francisco, the Giants pulled off a sweep over the Dodgers in the middle portion of June. The Dodgers have been booked as a favorite in all five games. They're booked as a favorite here today. The Dodgers were booked as a favorite in 88 of the 90 games they played in the first half of the Major League Baseball season. So we have the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Astros all in action on this first day of the Major League Baseball second half of the season. And we're talking about the three best teams in all of the bigs. The Yankees entered the All-Star break with baseball's best record, 64-28 and straight up, and an updated live team win total on the FanDuel Sportsbook of 105.5. The Dodgers, the second best record, the best record in the National League, 60-30 and straight up, a 103 in a hook win total live and updated at the All-Star break in Houston, 59-32. and That updated live win total 101 and a half there is a boost by the way on the FanDuel Sportsbook for all three of these teams plus the Mets to win at least 100 games boosted yesterday from plus 300 to plus 400 plenty more to come from around Major League Baseball setting the stage for the second half of the season later in the show but up next we go college football it's talking season conference media days around the country come back to join us SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's starting to feel a lot like football. All around the country. The countdown to training camp and some news from the NFL that we'll bring you in just a little bit. But conference media days all around the nation continue on. Welcome back to the morning after live here on SportsGrid on this Thursday morning. I am Ben Stevens. It is talking season. Conference media days in college football. And although it's media days, it's really media week 
for the SEC in Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame. By the way, the ACC started its conference media days yesterday in Charlotte and joining us from ACC Media Days in just a little bit later on in this opening hour. It'll be our good pal Josh Graham to break down what is happening in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And he was the only media member brave enough last year to pick Pittsburgh to not only win the Coastal, but the ACC Championship. Who does he like this year out of the Coastal Division in the final year of divisions within the ACC? That's called a tease. You'll have to wait and find out. But let's go back to the SEC because yesterday at the docket, it was Kirby Smart and the reigning national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. The top dogs looking to start their path to repeating as national champions. So here's where the odds stack up for Georgia entering the 2022 campaign. You can see the odds look very favorably on Stetson Bennett the fourth and UGA this year. A win total for Georgia at 10 and a half. Take a moment, peer at it, look at the over and the juice that we see right there. Minus 210, greater than $2 for Georgia to win at least 11 games. You'll see this often with teams like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, even Clemson entering a college football season. They can't put the win total at 11 and a half because that would mandate a perfect regular season. So it has to be 10 and a half but the juice is so heavily skewed toward the over. All right, back to the odds on Georgia, plus 160 to win the conference. That's the second best price behind Alabama. The Tide, the favorites in the SEC at minus 140. Of course, Alabama won the SEC last year, but Georgia got the last laugh as the national champions. The first national championship for Georgia football in 41 years. And they have the third best price to repeat this year at plus 350. So let's take a moment here. Those are where the odds stack up for Georgia and the clear expectation to at least be in the national conversation all year in the hunt for a college football playoff spot and a national championship appearance. But let's not forget what Georgia loses from last season. The best scoring defense in the country, in my estimation, one of the best defenses overall that I have seen in college football in the last decade they lose seven starters from last year's national championship defense and five of those players were drafted in the first round of the 2022 nfl draft a historic trend for kirby smart and uga but when you lose that much talent what does that look like the year following yes they have the talent on the roster to be able to replace that lack of production but it is a big ask out of a team looking to contend for a second straight national championship. So as we look at those national championship odds, of course, Georgia will be in the mix. Some of the three best odds to win the national championship, third best price on UGA this upcoming season at plus 350. Alabama remains the favorite at plus 180. Ohio State leapfrog past Georgia earlier this offseason to have the third best, uh, or the second best odds rather, at 350. To one. So now we go to the Heisman Trophy odds because as we look at it for Georgia, what can we expect, right? We've talked about what they lose defensively, but where will they be with Stetson Bennett the fourth, who was fantastic for Georgia on their run to a national championship last season? But you don't see Stetson Bennett's name on the preseason Heisman Trophy odds. In fact, he is 200 to one. 
way down the board. They did not win a national championship because of Stetson Bennett the fourth last year, but Bennett was fantastic in the college football playoff semifinal against Michigan, throwing for over 300 yards, and in that national championship game against Alabama as well. 17 of 26, a really strong completion percentage and two passing scores against Alabama. So it's interesting to see a team that has the third best national championship odds, who is the reigning national title winner, yet their quarterback is so far down the board. Kirby Smart said so yesterday of that idea that Stetson Bennett is probably one of the most undervalued good players in the country. You don't often see a quarterback that far down the board if his team is a national championship contender. Just look at the top of the Heisman Trophy odds. C.J. Stroud plays for Ohio State. He is the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. The Buckeyes have the second best price to win the national championship. Bryce Young is the reigning Heisman winner, of course, under center for Alabama as their QB in the Tide booked as the favorites to win a national championship this year. Even Caleb Williams has that optimism, not only in his price to win the Heisman Trophy at plus 600, the third best number, but also for USC, the team he now quarterbacks for, the fifth best number. So it is interesting. What will Stetson Bennett IV need to do? Where will his game need to grow this year? Because all that Georgia lost defensively. Let's continue our conversation in the SEC because as the path lays out right now, Georgia is a minus 550 favorite to win the SEC East. Alabama is a minus 400 favorite to win the SEC West. We are on track, it seems at least, for another matchup in the SEC championship game between Alabama and Georgia. Again, the tide at minus 400, but who is Alabama's best competition in the SEC West? Can any team turn the tide against Alabama this upcoming year. You look at the names of Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Arkansas, potentially, as we look at those divisional odds, or we look at the win totals here for this upcoming 2022 season. So here are the three best prices outside of Alabama in that SEC West division and what their win totals are. Because again, you must correlate these markets. This is what they will need to get to if they have any shot of rivaling Alabama in the SEC West. Texas A&M is plus 600 in the SEC West. Alabama is minus 400. Texas A&M has a win total of eight and a half as you see those odds for the SEC West divisional market right there. So again, A&M has an eight and a half win total, the over juiced at minus 175. They will need at least nine wins, if not 10 wins to have an opportunity to knock off Alabama in their matchup against each other on October 8th. Texas A&M is already booked as a 16 point road underdog as they visit Tuscaloosa and Alabama. And Jimbo Fisher now enters his fifth year as the head coach in College Station of the Aggies. Each of the first four years, AM has stayed under eight and a half wins in the regular season. Eight regular season wins in each of those first four years for Texas AM. But not only did AM have the best recruiting class in the history of the sport in 2022, they also had a top 10 class in 2021, in 2020, and in 2019. The talent is certainly there for AM this season to make a run potentially at Alabama. AM, the sixth best odds to win a national championship at 25 to 1. But keep an eye on the likes of Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin and Jackson Dart, 
and Arkansas. Sam Pittman on the stage yesterday. K.J. Jefferson, his quarterback, they could make some noise as well. But it's not just SEC Media Days or ACC Media Days. Mountain West Media Days as well. And Group of Five conference odds now available on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Interesting here. In the preseason media poll, Boise State was picked as the favorite in the Mountain Division for the ninth straight year fresno state the favorite out in the west and they have the two best odds to win the mountain west but please keep an eye on utah state and san diego state the two teams that faced off in the mountain west conference championship game a season ago utah state victorious in that conference championship game and utah state 10 and 4 against the spread last season that was tied for the fifth best cover percentage in all of college football Keep an eye on the Aggies in the Mountain West. We go to the NFL up next here on Morning After. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Countdown to training is underway here on the morning after and all across sports grid. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday TMA. I am Ben Stevens. The Las Vegas Raiders, the first full team to report to training camp. Rookies all around the NFL this week, but the vets showed up for Vegas yesterday as well. And we got some big news in the NFL yesterday as it pertains to Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, all offseason long, Jimmy Garoppolo has really yet to throw because he had off-season shoulder surgery following last year's run to the NFC Championship for San Francisco. But at the end of last year, there was an overwhelming thought for the Niners organization that, hey, Jimmy G, thanks for your service the last couple of years, two NFC Championship game appearances and a Super Bowl appearance three years ago against the Chiefs as well. But it's Trey Lance's time. We traded up to get Trey Lance number three overall in the 2022 NFL Draft. So that is the focus for us. I'm speaking on behalf of the San Francisco 49ers. But the market on Jimmy has been very, very cool this offseason. Why? Well, teams around the NFL were looking to see how he would respond from that shoulder surgery this offseason, when he would start throwing again, what that would look like, and if it was worth an investment in Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, that has started. That process in the last couple of weeks with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing now during workouts. And the Niners have officially, it seems, given Jimmy G's representation, the go-ahead to start looking for potential trade partners and destinations. So the Jimmy Garoppolo era in San Francisco seems as though it has come to an end. If you think they have just started looking for trade partners, Jimmy G's representation, you are crazy. This has already begun, yet everybody around the National Football League has waited to see what Jimmy G's response would be. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion, slightly unfairly, gets slandered at times based on what he can do and his skill set in the NFL. Not because of Jimmy Garoppolo, but certainly not in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. San Francisco reached the NFC Championship game a season ago and if it were not for a second half comeback by the Rams San Francisco might have been in Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles inside the Rams home stadium not even LA so here are the stats from Jimmy Garoppolo last year 
3,810 passing yards. A completion percentage that's pretty darn good, even by NFL standards, 68.3%. 20 touchdowns to just 12 interceptions. Where does that rank Jimmy in your mind out there? You see those stats. You see his play at the quarterback position. Is Jimmy Garoppolo in the top half? of starting quarterbacks in the NFL, 16 out of 32, middle of the pack, can be suitable to win you football games, but maybe might not bring your organization to that pinnacle of the sport. Well, just based on his success as a starting quarterback in the NFL, and not everything can be tied to team wins from a quarterback perspective. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo led the Niners to the NFC Championship game, a victory in 2019, and a Super Bowl appearance ultimately falling to the Kansas City Chiefs. Got injured in 2020, but then back in 2021, led the Niners again to an NFC Championship game. Yes, you could look at his postseason game log and have some questions about what Jimmy Garoppolo can really do on that elite upper echelon to win his team a conference championship or win his team a Super Bowl. And I think those arguments are fair. But in terms of being a very suitable starting quarterback, and if any quarterback room he walks into, most likely would be that presumed number one. I think that's where Jimmy G's status is right now in the NFL. So it was at the end of last season, following that NFC championship game loss to their divisional opponent, the LA Rams, that it really felt like the end of an era for Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Take a listen to what Jimmy G had to say at his postseason press conference following the end of San Francisco's year last year. Faithful, thank you very much for everything. Uh, it's been crazy, man. Just uh, all the comebacks at Levi's, comebacks on the road, ups and downs. It's, it's been a hell of a ride, guys. I love you guys. So, see ya. See ya. Jimmy Garoppolo's final words to the San Francisco media, thanking the media for their coverage of him during his time playing with the, with the Niners. But that was before we even really had official word that the Niners would move forward with Trey Lance and not Jimmy Garoppolo. But that seemed to be our signal. This was probably the plan for San Francisco this upcoming offseason. And that certainly is the case. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo's representation officially yesterday, if you want to conceptualize it as that, given the opportunity to reach out to other NFL organizations to look for a trade destination. So where are those potential places for Jimmy Garoppolo to be traded? This is pretty late in the offseason. Frankly, it's training camp season now. The preseason is about to begin. We are gearing up for a 2022 NFL campaign. Where would those possible trade destinations be for Jimmy Garoppolo in a market that doesn't really have all that many spots where teams need a quarterback we'll throw out a couple for you here and a couple others to keep an eye on given where their super bowl odds are for 2022 of course jimmy garoppolo has been tied to the tampa bay buccaneers for quite some time now the bucks the second best odds to win super bowl 57 at plus 750 why is jimmy g thought of as a possibility for tampa bay well he's always been the heir apparent for tom brady and when tom retired Earlier in the offseason, Tampa certainly seemed to be a likely trade destination. But of course, Tom Brady, unretired, is back for year 23 in the NFL as he is about to begin his 45th year on this earth when he turns 45 in early August. But this might be the final rodeo for Tom Brady. And thus, maybe Jimmy, Gar Jimmy Garoppolo rests up this 
season, gets healthy with that shoulder, and just takes the reins from Tom in Tampa. Or maybe the Cleveland Browns. I'll actually discuss that team last. I think a very likely trade destination, one that is felt to be in the marketplace, is the Seattle Seahawks. 130 to 1 for the Seahawks right now to win this upcoming Super Bowl in 2022. That price on Seattle, the fourth longest to win a Super Bowl in 2022. I would find it very interesting, even given where Seattle is entering 2022, with a five and a half win total for the Niners to trade Jimmy Garoppolo within the division to a divisional foe that would make Seattle even that much better, maybe by a win, but still it makes the Seahawks a little bit better. And you don't want to give any divisional opponent that you play twice annually any sort of edge. Could the Houston Texans be a team as well? Certainly, although they seem like they're pretty in on Davis Mills entering his second year, and Houston has the longest odds of winning this upcoming Super Bowl at 300 to 1. Now, that team in the middle on this board that you will see here momentarily, the Cleveland Browns, 28 to 1. You might be thinking, Ben, what? Cleveland? How? Why? They just gave Deshaun Watson a five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract. They don't need Jimmy Garoppolo, well, they might, given what the suspension might be for Deshaun Watson as we all await that ruling. If it is a full year, Jimmy Garoppolo might have a possible one-year loan destination in Cleveland because he is better than Jacoby Brissett. And if Deshaun Watson does not play this year or misses a sizable amount of 2022, the quarterback room now in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield being shipped out to Carolina is Jacoby Brissett and Joshua Dobbs. Jimmy Garoppolo could be that answer potentially for Cleveland at 28 to 1 for the Browns right now to win the Super Bowl. Before Baker Mayfield left Cleveland, there were some reports, some speculation that maybe we were going to see a one for one trade with Baker going to San Francisco and Jimmy going to Cleveland. Does the Brown do the Browns now have the assets to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo? That is a different story at this time. But keep an eye on Cleveland, maybe as a dark horse team to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo. So where does that leave the Niners? We discussed this slightly yesterday. San Francisco has a win total of nine and a half. The over has the juice, an indication that the Niners should be a 10-win football team in the 2022 campaign. The Niners are minus 220 to make the postseason. That is almost a shoo-in at this moment to make the NFL playoffs, the seventh best odds across the entire league. And that's asking a lot of Trey Lance in his second year in the National Football League. He started two games last year. He appeared in six. It was Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback when San Francisco went on their run late in the year and deep into the postseason in that NFC Championship game. Trey Lance is clearly the future. Kyle Shanahan is an offensive mastermind. They have so many pieces at their offensive disposal, but Debo Samuel's not all that happy, it seems, in San Francisco. And so much talent back on defense as well. The Niners should be a very good football team this year, but a guarantee to make the playoffs with a second-year quarterback that really didn't play during his rookie campaign, that is a different story so where is the value in the nfc i still believe it is on the los angeles rams at five to one the reigning super bowl champions that in my estimation got better this year keep an eye on the rams 
in that NFC West market as well. You see the Niners there at plus 750, the fourth best price to win the NFC Championship. Speaking quickly of second-year quarterbacks, Trey Lance was taken before Justin Fields, much to my surprise. What is the expectation now for Justin Fields in his sophomore campaign in the NFL? Well, there are season-long passing touchdown props up on the FanDuel Sportsbook. 18 and a half is that number on Justin Fields. Chicago had a bottom five scoring offense, passing offense, passing touchdowns percentage last year. So 18 and a half is not a big area, but Justin Fields now under a new head coach with Matt Eberflus and a new offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, out of Green Bay. Hopefully there is more optimism for the Bears, whose win total is six and a half and the under has the juice. But we will never slander Justin Fields on this program. We will always build him up. Now we go to Charlotte, North Carolina. ACC Media Days with Josh Graham up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Conference media days roll on around the country in college football and live from charlotte north carolina right now we are joined by josh graham at the site of acc media days rolling on into its second day josh graham a host for wsjs sports radio there in the triad in north carolina bringing us the acc insight as we get ready for a new college football season in 2022 since josh graham was last on the show throughout college basketball season i believe the last appearance he made on the morning after was right before duke in north carolina in the final four of the ncaa men's basketball tournament josh has gotten married Josh has been on his honeymoon. Sincere congratulations on behalf of the entire Sports Grid family, Josh Graham, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. And you forgot to include that the Baltimore Orioles are no longer a losing team. So all of it is turning up Josh Graham as of late. The Baltimore Orioles, 46 and 46 straight up as the second half of the Major League Baseball season gets underway today. We'll save some O's talk for maybe later on in this segment so acc media days josh getting started yesterday and acc commissioner jim phillips was at the podium to kick things off and one of the big conversations right now in college sports specifically college football that will be spoken about a ton throughout talk and season is conference realignment and jim phillips had something interesting to say yesterday that by all metrics the acc is still a premier conference except when it comes to TV revenue, and that is the driver of the bus in conference realignment. So the ACC, Josh, has not been one of those conferences to expand. That has been the Big Ten and the SEC. Where do you see the future for the ACC going? It's weird hearing him say that. I was sitting right to the left of him when he said it, and I'm like, that's like bragging about being one of the best restaurants but not making the most money. So you're just taking a shot at the way you run your business and the way you're able to put together TV deals and all these sorts of things. So not really a great thing when you throw in that great except in there. I don't think anybody knows where this thing is going. Uh, some can speculate. There was even a point where Jim Phillips slipped and said, yeah, it's um, we're really happy about our 17 teams rather than 15, which led people saying, 
oh, no, is he on the phone with Oregon and Washington? What's going on here? What I took away from Phillips yesterday, he is not a college sports visionary. Now, that doesn't mean he's a bad commissioner. It doesn't mean I'm really taking shots at him. If I say to somebody who's not my wife, hey, you're not as beautiful as Kate Upton, that doesn't mean that you're hideous either. You're not a college sports visionary, Jim Phillips. You're a guy who's saying a lot of old stuff, a lot of old ideas at a time where fortunately for you, it's still convenient for you to do that. You, the Pac, you're not in the position the Pac-12 and the Big 12's in. You got a grant of rights that goes through 2036 that's going to prevent anybody from poaching this conference for the next decade. So he can say these things like, we're the last bastion of what's good in college sports, but judgment day will be coming eventually if you continue to have that mindset. I think it is a really good summation of everything that is happening right now. Tons of speculation, tons of rumors. You need to be on the forefront of the ever-evolving landscape of college sports, but nobody truly knows what the next move will be, the next seismic shift that changes that landscape of college sports and specifically college football. So that's all the future. Now we bring it to the present and a focus on the 2022 college football season. Last year, Josh snapped a six-year consecutive streak of Clemson atop the ACC. And as the odds indicate this year, Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers will be right back to that familiar spot. A minus 155 odds-on favorite to win the ACC championship this upcoming year. Do you believe, Josh Graham, Clemson will be back on top of the ACC once again? I do. They deserve the benefit of the doubt. If, you, if you're concerned about coordinators being flipped, just know that Wes Goodwin and Brandon Streeter have been in that program for more than four years. It reminds me a lot when they lost Chad Morris as their OC in 2014 and introduced some guys named Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott to call plays, both of whom are head coaches now. And they went to the college football playoff for the first time in five consecutive years back in 2015 after that switch. Clemson. Everybody talks about them, their down year last year, as if they won four games. They won 10, and they won the last six, and they won the last four by an average margin of 24 points per win. Now, we'll see a lot of the talk here at ACC kickoff is about a quarterback named Cade Klubnick, whether or not mm. he's going to get some snaps early on and eventually could be the starter rather than DJ Uwe Ungabale. But when I look at this team, they didn't have any first-round draft picks this year, Ben. It's only the second time in a decade that happened. The other time was 2018. What happened after the 2018 draft? Clemson went undefeated and won the national championship. Now, I don't know if that's what's in the cards for Clemson, but I sure as heck like to give them the benefit of the doubt over NC State and even Wake Forest, unfortunately, who had a great season last year. Clemson's my pick to win the ACC. And I think that makes a ton of sense. By the way, Clemson's defense is going to be very, very good this year. They were the second best scoring defense in the country last year, only behind the reigning national champs, the Georgia Bulldogs. And I think Clemson has the opportunity to look very similar to that Georgia defense that led the dogs to a national championship just a season ago. The sky is falling in Clemson, South Carolina, when it's only a 10 win season and not only one six straight to end out the year also covered in five of those six all booked as a favorite but i'm glad you bring and up don't forget NCC and don't forget job. one yeah, more thing one more thing brian brzee is probably going to be a top five pick he tore his acl yep. back in september so you talk about how good that defense was a year ago 
They did it without their best player for the last two months. It's a really good point. Keep an eye on how good that Tigers defense is going to be. Opposing team total unders. That's a lean I'm already going to have for the 2022 college football season. But NC State, Josh, as you mentioned, has a lot of hype and some optimism coming into this season. Of course, the Wolfpack knocked off Clemson last year in Raleigh to give Clemson their first ACC loss of the season a year ago. And that eight and a half win total with the overjuiced at minus 165 looks pretty good for the Wolfpack entering this upcoming year. What do you think the level of expectation is for NC State? There's a saying here in North Carolina called NC State stuff, where bad things tend to happen for the pack when you most expect good things to happen. And we've seen a lot of it. Just take the last year. I, I venture to say there is no college fan base that suffers more yep. than NC State. And it goes back to a great yep. quote that Haywood Brown said about 100 years ago, that the greatest tragedy in life is not losing. It's that you almost win. NC State, they got, things went poorly for them in Omaha when yep. they were two wins away from a college World Series and things went south. Football, you noted they beat Clemson. Still didn't even go to the ACC championship game after doing so. They were going for 10 wins for the first time under Dave Doran. And then four hours before kickoff, the game gets nuked because UCLA doesn't have a defensive line whoever they play. Then you look at the women's basketball situation. They, they, they have the best record, and then they have to play a road game against UConn in the Elite Eight in yep. men's basketball. They got out under the NCAA cloud just to have their worst season in 20 years. So they're, I, I want good things to happen to NC State. I admire their fans for continually getting kicked in the nether regions just to get back up and still be passionate. But I can't in good faith recommend people mm. take the over on NC State. I can't do it. They have Dave Dorn, a great head coach, and Devin Leary will be one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, but they do seem snake bit at times. They've been left out of the NCAA baseball tournament this past summer as well, when they probably should have been in the field oh. of 64 there yeah. as well. Yes, a tortured fan base. Hopefully something good happens for the Wolfpack this year. That plus 800 number in the conference, the third best odds. Yeah, put up the, the Wolfpack. Pack. There we go. We, we like that. We like that here, Josh. All right. So Josh Graham is here. He was also here about a year ago, and he was the only media member brave enough in the Coastal Division to pick Pittsburgh to win. And sure enough, the Panthers did win that division, and they won the conference championship outright with Kenny Pickett a Heisman finalist, finalist at that quarterback spot. Now is time for Josh Graham to give us his Coastal Division pick for the upcoming 2022 college football season. Josh Graham, who's winning the Coastal? I think you undersold it, Ben. I debuted this take in this building a year ago that Pittsburgh mm. was going to win. one, And I even called my shot that I'd be the only one to pick it. One out of, see what I did there? Pick it. Uh, uh, uh. Mm. Can you pick it? One out of 125 or 55 or whatever it was. I see those odds. And it is crazy to me the odds you could get for North Carolina after last year. Everybody picked them. Everybody picked them. And then it didn't work out. Is it possible that maybe the hype was just one year too soon? Mac Brown told me before things went south in the opener against Virginia Tech, I have no doubt that next year's team is going to be better than this year's team. And everybody scratched their head at it because they're not going to have Sam Howe. How important is the quarterback in college football? 
I ask that because Stetson Bennett won a national championship with Georgia, and Ken Dorsey won with Miami, and Ohio State had a third-string quarterback named Cardiel Jones who got it done, and Alabama won with Blake Simmons and all these others. I don't care that Sam Howell's not back for North Carolina. They'll figure it out at that position. What I do care about is, other than Clemson, according to 24-7, North Carolina is the only ACC school to have three consecutive top 15 recruiting classes. They've got Pittsburgh this year not on a Thursday night on the road, but instead at home after a bye week. And Miami's going to be the preseason pick. And if you're thinking that's the team to go for, I will remind you that the media has incorrectly picked the Coastal eight of the last 11 years. So I'm not going Miami. I'm not going Pitt with Pat, uh, with uh, without Mark Whipple, without Kenny Pickett, without Jordan Addison. I'm going with the North Carolina Tar Heels bringing Gene Chizik back to coordinate that defense with a lot of blue chippers on it. That's my pick to win the Coastal Division, the Tar Heels. You heard it here first. North Carolina in that Coastal Division right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, plus... 600. Josh Graham can see the future when it comes to the wacky coastal division. The final year of divisions in the ACC. We have not had a repeat champion in the coastal for nine college football campaigns. Josh Graham, I'm sorry if I undersold it. You are the bravest media member that I know. And when the media goes and picks Miami, remember North Carolina. So Sam Howell is not there in Chapel Hill this year. You mentioned DJ Uyungongale back for Clemson. Devin Leary for NC State. Sam Hartman is back for Wake Forest. Oh yeah, Tyler Van Dyke is tied for the fourth best odds to win a Heisman Trophy this year. He's the quarterback for Miami and let's throw in Keaton Slovis now replacing Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh as well. Who do you believe Josh is the best quarterback in the ACC? The guy at the bottom plus 1600. Sam Hartman. This might be the best gym I have for you. Not North Carolina. He's getting uh, uh, a Bolitnikoff candidate and A.T. Perry back at receiver. And his best receiver from a year ago didn't play. He, he tore his ACL. His name's Donovan Green. They run a weird offense. They have a great O-line, a great coach, uh, a runner-up for the best coach in college football, and Warren Ruggiero as the offensive coordinator. I love Wake Forest and Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman specifically to win ACC Player of the Year. Plus 1,600. Pound it. I love the look from Josh Graham. Joining us live from Charlotte, North Carolina at ACC Media Days. Josh, as always, thank you for your time. I have to get a wager in on North Carolina to win the Coastal. Do it. Do it. We appreciate you. Rounding out hour number one, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one morning after live here on this Thursday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. Today begins the second half of the Major League Baseball regular season. So now that the All-Star break is over, we're past the midway point of actual games on the diamond this year. Most teams hovering around that 90, 91 or 92 games played number. As we get ready for this second half stretch, a postseason push will be on the horizon. And October baseball 
is not all that far away. So as the second half begins, let's talk about the World Series, which we asked you about in Fade the Public. So before the second half gets underway in just about three hours' time, we have day baseball on this Thursday. The Yankees and the Strohs in one of the first games up from the four betting favorites currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Who's your pick to win the World Series? Is it the Yankees? Booked as the favorites right now at plus 300. The Dodgers behind them at plus 350. The Astros a dollar behind Los Angeles at plus 450. Or the New York Mets at plus 800. Well, the public is going with the Yankees at this moment, nearly 36%. But what is so fascinating is the Dodgers, Astros, and Mets are all virtually tied as the second most selected option at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. So everybody thinks it's a pretty dead heat between the competition for New York. The pinstripes, the favorites, and the public agrees with that price. The Yankees, the best record in the first half of the Major League Baseball season. 64 and 28 straight up. A live win total of 105 and a half. Can they get the 114 we saw the Bronx Bombers get in 1998? Maybe, just maybe. The Dodgers, the second best record, 60 and 30. A live updated win total at 103 and a half. And the Astros at 101 and a hook. That's all regular season odds. Let's get ready for the postseason push and the World Series prices that you see. The second hour of the morning after is up next. 